I'm attorney Martin Nicholson from the law office of Martin Nicholson, and I'm going to talk about the Jonathan Majors trial. Jonathan Majors is a famous actor, plays in some the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. He was like an Ant-Man, and he was the villain um, also in the show Loki. He's had uh, movies or TV series, uh, Lovecraft, that was on, I believe, on HBO. Uh, had commercials for the United States Army, just all this stuff that he was doing. And then he got arrested for basically a domestic battery, assault, harassment in New York. His girlfriend, um, she claimed apparently that he didn't do it in these text messages. It was all her fault. And there was this media or public social media outcry. Like that's what domestic victims say. It did look like a mistake from the defense to release these text messages because they weren't clear. They were very ambiguous about what really happened. And it's common for people that represent um, criminal defendants in domestic violence cases for the alleged victim to recant and to blame herself. And people that work in domestic violence, they know that this is something that commonly happens. So Looking at it from an outside perspective, it did not look like that was maybe the best decision. Who knows? I mean, we don't have all the evidence. Maybe that was part of the long-term strategy. So, But just on the face of it, it did not seem to have the reaction that they intended. Now, with this, yesterday was day one of the jury trial. He's All these charges that I'm able to gather from looking at the docket are misdemeanors, but they have had a dramatic effect on his case. I mean, these charges have caused his public uh, publishing company or or uh, movies, all this stuff has kind of dried up because he's facing these charges. That's one reason why I'm sure he wants to get it over with real quick because he wants to get this behind him, hopefully with a not guilty, and then he can resume his career. However, I will say, Charges like this, people are always going to get in there and paint you as a batterer and that you just beat it. You know, you had a good lawyer, whatever, and stuff like that. So he's probably always going to have the people that are going to be for him and the people that are going to be against him. Now, so one of the things that the judge said yesterday was that the jurors, when they go home, they can't do any research on social media. They can't get on the Internet, do any research about the case. It's kind of hard to enforce because you have to basically police yourself or get busted doing it. So they're going to go home. Probably some of them are going to sneak and look on their phone or whatever to find out what's going on. It's an unfortunate part of jury trial that that does happen. Sometimes people get busted doing it and it causes a mistrial or they don't become jurors because this was just jury selection yesterday. They weren't able to see the jurors, see a jury yet. Because there was uh, some pretrial motions that were filed asking that certain evidence, we call these motions in limine, be excluded. And the motions in limine, obviously, in this particular case, usually means something bad, right? So in this case, we don't know what the motions in limine are. We don't know what this information is, but we do know from previous filings that the prosecutor... Um, made mention of apparently some incident that happened in London 
where Jonathan Majors was filming Loki, where the police were called. There was some kind of police report. Don't know all the details about this. There's other things that the judge said it would prejudice the jury. He would not be able to get a fair jury trial if this evidence came out. What is it? Who knows? Now, I have some ideas. Usually when it's something like that, it's usually some kind of past uh, history of domestic violence, some kind of past arrest. It could be some of these girlfriends coming out saying that he beat me, he beat me, he beat me. And there's this drumbeat of all these women coming forward saying he beat me. And there's really no evidence that it ever happened, or but they're just saying it. And that's basically the Bill Cosby case, right? Where the first trial and then a mistrial. Then the second trial, they brought in this parade of accusers that got in and said, hey, he raped me, he raped me, he raped me. And then he ends up getting convicted, right? So this could be a situation where there's a bunch of alleged victims that want to come in and say, hey, he treated me bad. It could be uh, some report, some police reports like the one in London. It could be some sexual fetish that he has. It could be some um, statements that he's made about women or something. like. It, obviously, whatever it is, it could be something that would be embarrassing. It would be unduly prejudicial, as the standard is in the law, unduly prejudicial, that the judge is saying, hey, I don't think this is fair to him because the fact that all these people are making these allegations with no proof, it's highly prejudi unduly prejudicial, or the fact that he's into some kind of sexual kink or religious belief or made these statements when he was younger, Something like that. These are things that the court could say that they shouldn't be allowed because he's not going to be able to get a fair trial. If the, if the jurors hear this, they're going to say, oh, because he did this, then he must have done that. Or he said this, he must have done that. So that is one of the things that is important. Now, there's also something that the prosecutors necessarily want out, and that is the fact that the alleged victim... Now, let me back up a little bit. The judge also ruled that during the voir dire selection that no one will be referred to as a victim. Not the complaining witness, Ms. Uh, Jabari, and not Jonathan Majors. They will not be referred to as victims. That's huge because I often follow those in cases where there's spo supposed to be alleged victim and say that they should not refer to this person as a victim. That is up to the jurors to decide if the person is a victim. So that is really a defense victory, in my opinion. Maybe it's a prosecutor's victory, too, because they don't want the prosecution. The prosecution doesn't want Jonathan Major saying he's a victim. The next part is they, the prosecution, does not want the fact that Ms. Jabari was arrested or surrendered or turned herself in, however you want to phrase it, by the police because of an allegation that Mr. Majors, Jonathan Majors, was the victim that she attacked him. So they want that out. I think the judge at this point has taken this under advisement. He may let it in. He could not let it in, or if the, depending on what she says during the trial and the evidence that comes out, then it could come in. So right now, this seems to be like a, a victory for the prosecution about the ability to try to keep that information out. So the jurors don't hear it. Now, 
they didn't charge her with anything. They, you know, they didn't charge her. So even if it did come in, I mean, that's kind of like a double-edged sword because it could make her look kind of bad. And yeah, hey, that's not fair. You know, he made a complaint or it could be like, oh, he only made the complaint after she made the complaint. So depends on how the evidence comes out about whether that's a good call or not by the defense. Now, lastly, day two starts today and we will find out they're able to see the jury for misdemeanor charges and basically he's facing essentially up to a year in jail on a misdemeanor. So that's your Nicholson Nugget of the Day, the Jonathan Majors trial. Make sure to like and subscribe.